Well, hello, everybody. Thank you, Katie, for being the one person who greeted me back. That was so nice of you. Hey, so for those of you who may not know me, my name's Kevin. I'm the high school pastor here. It is my privilege to get to lead a team of people who hang out with your students every week. We've got a lot of parents in the room tonight, which is cool. Uh, students, we haven't seen you in a while. It's great to have you here with us. Uh, this is week one of a two-week mini-series. So tonight, we're, we're kicking this thing off. It's called Into the Unknown. I will not sing it. Uh, Luke Derryberry will sing anything on request, so you can grab him later. He'd be happy to do that for you. Uh, but that's the name of our series. We're going to talk a little bit about the future tonight and next week. Uh, and here's what I want to encourage you about next week. Uh, we'll be back at South Campus, which is great, right? Um, I've got major switch throwbacks in this room, which is really cool. Yeah, it's awesome. Uh, but then next week, what's really exciting is we're bringing in a panel. So we've done this before with married folks to talk about romance, and we're not having that talk next week, though. We will circle back around to that at some point. Uh, next week, we're bringing in some young adults. Uh, Jacob, are you still in the room? It's hard to see. Hey, there's Jacob. Uh, he leads worship for us. He is one of the most visible people here at Brookwood, but he also helps lead our young adult ministry. And so Jacob has recruited a team of folks to come in and just talk to us. I'm pretty sure Jocelyn Bergeron is on that team. Is that right? Suppo okay, well, put her on the spot. But so next week, we're going to bring in some folks, high school students, who are just a little bit ahead of you, right? Who aren't as old and bald like me. They're maybe in college or in their early 20s. They're single. They're married. They're just like one or two steps down the path ahead of you. And there'll be an opportunity for us to ask them some questions, which I think will be really cool. So if you want to come next week and just hear from some folks a little bit closer to, to your time in life, that'll be really cool. And tonight, uh, we'll talk about the future, which is weird. Like, it's one of those things we wish we knew more about. Today is a perfect case in point. So uh, South Campus is occupied tonight. We can't use it. And so we come up with this idea. Let's have our high school ministry outside in the amphitheater. We've never done it before. It'll be awesome. And then you start looking at the forecasts. And on Monday, I'm like, we're good. Tuesday, we're good. We get to the latter part of the week and the rain has started to shift. I'm like, no, come on, God, you got me. You can do this. You can do anything. You're sovereign. Um, and then like, it looks like it's going to just drop buckets earlier this afternoon. And so Jacob ultimately was the responsible adult. He's like, I got to call it. Let's do service inside. And I was like, okay, that's fine. And it's beautiful outside right now, of course, because that's how it goes. If we decided to stay outside, we got struck by lightning. It would have been terrible. Because the future, like weather people, who, who that's their job. They get it right, what, 50% of the time? We've all grumbled like, they said it was going to be this today, not this. And that was, that was me today. The future is tricky. Uh, it's one of those things we wish we knew more about it, but, but we just don't. And we have to be okay with that. Uh, we have to get to a place where we can be okay with that. I want you to engage in an exercise with me. And again, we've got some adults in the room, so this might be interesting. I might eavesdrop a little bit. I want you to turn to the people around you. I want you to share for like 30 seconds something that worries you about the future. It could be like you specifically, like, hey, I've got a final tomorrow. I'm definitely going to fail. It could be one day I'll stand before my creator. Uh, anything. Just turn to a couple people around you. What's something that worries you about the future? All right, I heard some real fun answers. Uh, I did not get to overhear any adults. Uh, adults, if you overheard some of these answers, you, you might be more worried now. Uh, there, there is actually, Anastasia was just asking me, what's, what's something that worries me? I, I don't struggle a ton with worry, uh, but there's a movie that does encapsulate some of my fear for the future. Uh, we'll watch just a, a minute and a half clip of it, and then we'll see if you can tell me what you think my fear is. Let's watch that. 
scooter over to the driving range and hit a few virtual balls in space. Now we did that yesterday. I don't want to do that. Well, then what do you want to do? I don't know. Something. Wow. Make a place green. It does sound Look, I'm tired of it. If you can't fold the straw, it's not the episode isn't any good. scared of I am terrified of robots yes no I'm I'm afraid we're so addicted to our devices and we're just gonna become so lazy and we can click and do and we think that counts as connection but it really doesn't Uh, and I'm listen I think technology can be a great thing but Wally was a little bit ahead of its time that movie's over 10 years old now and it's I say that somewhat in jest but also there's there's a little bit to be afraid of in the future there Uh, okay same thing we did a minute ago. I want you to turn to the people around you and share something that excites you about the future. It could be summer break is imminent. It could be one day I'll meet Jesus face to face. Anything in between those two things. Um, take 30 seconds, talk with the people around you. What's something that excites you about the future? Well, all right. I heard, I heard some really good answers. I hope that you did too. I hope that you have something you're excited about for the future if you're not. Please stay after. Let's talk a little bit. We'd, we'd love to just talk through what you have. Uh, I asked permission. I asked this group over here what they were scared of for the future and what they were excited about. And the answer was the same. And it was women. They were, they were both afraid and excited, which is the right place to be. It just is. I affirm that in front of everyone. Uh, thank you. Thank you. That's right. Man, the future, it, it's one of those things where... I think we wish we had control over it. Some of us in this room are control freaks. Others of us maybe less so, but, but when it comes to the future, we really wish that we could just put our hands on the steering wheel. And, and unfortunately, we can't. I want to, just for a moment, I want to take a, a theological concept and I kind of want to extrapolate some practical application, okay? Sovereignty. That's a word that you hear at church. You might hear it in a song. It's kind of a tricky one to spell, actually. You can try that later on your own. Uh, what does it mean? What does it mean that God is sovereign? Here's what I think it means. I think it means that God is in complete control. He knows everything. If you wanted to go look at Psalm 139, one of the most beautiful chapters in all the Bible, it talks about how as we were still being shaped in our mother's wombs, God knew us. He knew every moment of our lives before a single one had passed, good and bad. He knew them all. And that might fill you with some anxiety. You're like, oh, God knows everything about me. Ooh, it makes me tighten up. And for me, it just fills me with peace. God is completely in control. Everything that will ever happen to me in the future, he already knows it. 
It won't surprise him. Nothing catches him off guard. The tumultuousness that we've experienced in our country the last couple years, God was not caught off guard by that. I've heard a lot of people talk about, man, I can't believe I'm having to live through this. What a, what a terrible time to be alive. And to you, church, I want to say, what an incredible time to be alive. What an opportunity to speak love and life and hope into our society who feels like the future is so bleak. This is a great time to be alive. That's, that's my opinion. We could talk more about it if you want later. Tonight, I want to look at one primary passage as we think about moving into the unknown. It's James chapter 4, verses 13 through 16. If you have a Bible, great. If you have a phone, you have access to a bunch of those. James 4, 13 through 16. Uh, we'll, we'll just read these few verses, and then we'll talk through some secondary verses in a little while. Hey, if you're looking for a place to just jump into the Bible and start reading, James, I think, is a good place. It's very practical. Uh, it's written by the brother of Jesus, if you didn't know that, chronologically, probably the first New Testament book that was actually written down. Uh, a little Bible trivia for you. So James 4, 13 through 16, we'll put up on the screens, and we'll read that together. It says, look here, you who say, today or tomorrow, we are going to a certain town, we'll stay for a year, we'll do business there, we'll make a profit. How do you know what your life will be like tomorrow? Your life is like the morning fog. It's here a little while, then it's gone. What you ought to say is, if the Lord wants us to, we will live and do this or that. Otherwise, you are boasting about your own pretentious plans, and all such boasting is evil. There's a ton to unpack in this passage, but what I think James is saying here is we get so caught up in pursuing these plans. And this is the time of year in particular. We have a lot of seniors, and you've got all these plans. That, hey, I'm so excited for you. And you've got parents in this room who are excited, people back home who are excited, you're going to walk across a stage and, and hopefully don't trip. Maybe that's something you're afraid of in the future. Don't trip. I have seen it happen. I laughed. Um, but you make all these plans and you've got this whole like 20-year life plan laid out. Hey, adults in the room, when you had those plans way back in the day, just ra raise your hand for me if it went exactly according to plan. Any, I, I, I didn't prep this. I'm, I'm genuinely asking. Any adult in this room, did your life go exactly according to plan? Look around, students. Not a single one of us. So you can make all these plans, and plans are good. I'm not saying just be like, well, whatever happens, God is sovereign. Yes, and also still make some plans. It's good, but you can't get so caught up in thinking you are in control. You're not. Life is going to go sideways sometimes, and there's some things we need to think about. This passage in particular talks about that your life is it's brief. It's like a morning fog. Yesterday, my family, we went and took uh, family pictures my favorite thing to do on a Saturday morning, right? And uh, my kids are like wiggling and the grass is wet. And we're, we go to this place up in TR and the photographer wanted this shot with the mountain in the background. And of course there's fog on it. And I'm like, you gotta be kidding me. We drove all the way up here. These kids have been screaming at me. I'm hungry. I just want to go get a waffle, uh, which I did get a waffle. It was great. And like, this is ridiculous. And so we go, we take some pictures in the woods and we come back and the photographer's like, hey, look, the fog has lifted. It was like 20, 30 minutes. And the whole mountain, which was completely invisible, is now visible. We took beautiful pictures. It'll be great. They'll be on our walls. I'll post them on Instagram. You can go, aw. You didn't have to do it now, but thank you. Um, my point is this. like, It, it, it happens quickly. It's, it's here and then it's gone. That's your life. And so if you've got a handout, that is point number one. Life is short. It's short. If you're lucky, you get 70, 80 years. I saw an article today that the world's oldest woman just celebrated her birthday. Anybody know how old she is? 128. 
I don't think I want to live that long. Like, what are you? And when you see those videos, it's always like, she's like, I drink three Dr. Peppers every day. That's the secret. And you're like, what? Um, I, she didn't say that. I don't know. But, but life is generally pretty short. When I was little, I just thought everyone lived to be 100. I don't know. No one ever told me that. When you get a little older, you're like, why did I ever believe this? No one told me this. I didn't see it in a movie. I just thought this. And that's, I thought everyone lived to be 100. And they don't. Life is very short. Some of us in this room have a little bit more personal experience with that. And this is a reality that we have to grasp. And the Bible is very, very clear over and over. We've got several verses. You can jot down references. Let's throw the first one up there. This comes from Psalm 90, verse 12. Teach us to realize the brevity of life that we may grow in wisdom. Hey, if you can grasp that life is short, there's wisdom to be taken from that. And Solomon, the wisest person who ever lived, when faced with God telling him, you can ask me for anything, he asked for wisdom, not riches, not fame. Wisdom is something to be prized. So realize that your life will be short. Staying in the Psalms, 39 verses 4 and 5 says, Lord, remind me how brief my time on earth will be. Remind me that my days are numbered, how fleeting my life is. You have made my life no longer than the width of my hand. My entire lifetime is just a moment to you. At best, each of us is but a breath. Life is short. And we'll look briefly at Job 14, verse 1. Job uh, had a lot going on when he said this, but how frail is humanity, how short is life, how full of trouble. Life is short. And when you get that, it should change the way that you view it. It should change the way you live your life. Point number two is this. Life is precious. Life is precious. Life matters. There's a lot of talk in our society today even about what is life, what constitutes life. You've seen the news. There's some things that are coming down the pike. Conversations around the sanctity of life. And this is a good conversation for us to engage in. And students, if you have no idea what I'm talking about, you should go home and Google and figure out, hey, what's going on in the world about this? This is a big deal. But I'm not even here to talk so much about that, though I do believe that life is precious in that way. What, what I mean is your life has value, not because of anything you've done, but because of who made you. You have inherent dignity, value and worth. And you seniors, I know you've heard me say this over and over, and I'm going to cite the same verse I've cited for years. So I think it matters. Genesis 127 says that we were made in the image of God. He created us, male and female. He created them. This concept of the imago Dei, the image of God, every single person in this room and in the world is stamped with the image of God. And you are precious if for no other reason than the fact that God made you. And you're sitting here like, I don't even believe there is a God. I don't believe he made me. Okay, you still have value. To me, you do. To a lot of the people in this room, you do. To God, you do. You have value. Your life is precious. And when something is precious to you, you don't throw it away. So as you think about the future and all of the unknown, like, please grasp that your life matters. Your life, not just the person beside you, not the super Christian not the missionaries or the pastors. Your life is precious. It matters. Look what uh, we find in the New Testament. This is in 1 Peter 1, verses 18 through 20. It says, For you know that God paid a ransom to save you 
from the empty life you inherited from your ancestors. It was not paid with mere gold or silver, which lose their value. It was the precious blood of Christ, the sinless, spotless Lamb of God. God chose him as your ransom long before the world began, but now in these last days he has been revealed for your sake. This was God's plan from the beginning. We talked about sovereignty. God had a plan from the very beginning. Adam and Eve didn't mess everything up in the garden. God knew that would happen. And his plan from the get-go was Jesus to give his life for yours. That's valuable. That's precious. And if you don't fully believe that or grasp that today, my hope and prayer is that you'll begin to understand that more and more as time passes. Last thing I want to say is life is meaningful. Life is meaningful. Some people think that life is just random chaos. It, it just happened randomly, and, and one day you're gone, and everything's random. There's no purpose. There's nothing uh, that has meaning. I strongly disagree, and I try to respect everybody else. Like, I want to hear you. We can have a conversation. I'm going to ask questions. I think life is, is full of meaning. I mean, chock full of meaning. Ephesians 2, verse 10. This is a common passage we read about. You're saved by grace through faith so that no one can boast. But in verse 10, sometimes we miss we are God's masterpiece. You're not a piece of garbage that God saved. You're his masterpiece. Created anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. You are not saved just for your own sake that you can raise a hallelujah, sing a pretty song, go to church, and go to heaven when you die. Like All of that is good. But you were saved because God had a plan to use your life to bring glory to him and advance his kingdom. High school student, like, do you get this? Are you using your life in meaningful ways? Parents, adults in the room, how about you? You in cruise control, just clocking in nine to five, doing your thing, just trying to get through life? Do you see the meaning and the purpose of your life? I'll throw my next verse up there. This is, this is the one everyone goes to. Like, I could have not even shown this, and you would have been like, oh, yeah, Jeremiah 29, 11. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we completely misappropriate this verse a lot. You have to understand the verse actually before this talks about 70 years of exile. So if you really want to do some hermeneutical work, come see me. We'll jump into Jeremiah 29 and all that's really happening in that book. But what is true, the principle we can extract here is that God does have a plan, and he does have a purpose for his people. That's comforting. Your life is on purpose for a purpose. You didn't happen by accident. This wasn't in my notes. We just had Mother's Day, right? And so I got to sit and talk with my mom a little bit. My mom got pregnant with me when she was 20. Never wanted to be a mom. And to be able to sit with her 36 years later and go, thank you so much for keeping me. I'm thankful you're my mom. And I see the purpose in my life. When you're a kid, people can be cruel and they can say, you're an accident, baby. Woo! You talk about unearthing some wounds. There's no accident, babies. You're not here by happenstance. Your life has meaning and purpose that God has planned long ago. So as you consider the future, maybe you're scared of it, maybe you're excited by it, Maybe it changes day to day. It's short. Make the most of it. It's precious. Don't forget that. And it's meaningful. God has a plan and a purpose for your life. If I could leave you with like one parting verse. This is, these are the verses we chose for my son Judah when he was born for his life verses. I guess we'll let him choose for himself later in life. But these are the ones we picked for him. 
Uh, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do, and he will show you which path to take. High school student, even if you're a senior and you're like, ooh, I should have more figured out now than I do, or even my freshmen, sophomores, and juniors, and everyone's been asking you since middle school, like, what do you want to do when you grow up? Where are you going to go to college? Oh, man, I should have this all figured out. Can I, very simply, just trust God. Ask him to show you. We do this thing where we're like, God, show me the next 57 steps. Or at least show me step 57 so I'll know where I'm going. And that's not how God works. God will usually show you just that one next step. And he'll wait for you to be faithful and respond and take that step. He'll show you the next one. You're like, this is infuriating. I want to know how it all ends. I mean, you can go read Revelation. It's very good news. Um, But there's a lot we don't know between now and then. And it's unknown and it's scary. And the good news is we can walk through it together. God, uh, you are good. We believe that. You are sovereign. Help us to remember that. Just as we think about the future and all that it brings with it, Where there is anxiety, where there is fear, God, I pray you would bring your peace, peace that surpasses all human understanding. God, I just pray you would help us to remember that while our life is short, you have a purpose and a plan for us while we're here. You sent your son Jesus to die in our place. And so help us to not forget that or take it for granted. Speak to us, be with us. We love you. It's in Christ's name we pray.